Biscuits Buttered, a podcast about thing and everything with Victoria Vandenberg. Uh, reach out to us on uh, the social media, uh, the Twitter. Uh, hit us up on the Twitter, uh, Biscuit Butt Pod. Uh, go and uh, hit us up on the Facebook, Biscuits Buttered. Um, uh, we got a lot to talk about this way week. This is uh, Biscuits Buttered with uh, none other than uh, the beautiful, voluptuous Victoria Vandenberg. I've got uh, a Virginia Slim 100 lit. Uh, I'm in Macon, Georgia today. A beautiful, beautiful city full of beautiful people. And uh, we got shit to talk about. Um, she boss. She boss is what we're going to talk about. She boss, okay. I'm the fucking she boss. I'm driving a fucking convertible, goddamn BMW, my Beamer, and I went because I'm a narcissistic bitch. I went as far as getting a personalized tag that says she boss because I'm a woman. I have a vagina, and guess what? I'm in charge of you. So. Don't fucking come in here thinking because you're a man that you're going to be able to, like, come in and, like, you know, be in charge because no, no, I'm a woman and I'm in charge, says my personalized tag on my Beamer. Don't you hate it when people, like, call their BMWs a Beamer? I used to know this lady that would be like, you know, there's tops. There's tops of people that you run into in the world and and uh, she was one of them that, like, she's literally not even... She's not even well. She's like middle class. And she's like, she went out and bought a used Beamer. And every time she gets the chance to mention that she has a Beamer or a BMW, she's like, my Beamer! Oh my God! You know, it's like a narcissistic person that like wants to make you think that they're rich and successful, even though they're really just like middle class people. And uh, she used to just run around saying that all the time. Well, anyway, I just got behind someone in traffic that had a white BMW convertible, uh, you know, a used one. And it had a tag that said, She Boss! You know, I just picture this lady. She's probably one of the, like, protesters that wear the vagina hats. Like, women power! Oh, my God! We're so powerful. We're so good. We're so amazing, and I am a boss, and I am a woman, I have a vagina, and I have vagina power, and I'm going to get a personalized tag that says, she boss, just to let you know that I'm a big fucking Dell. Oh, my God. It's like, it's so narcissistic to get that tag. I just, when I, as soon as I seen it, I'm like, what kind of asshole by, gets a personalized tag that says she boss? I mean... Could you imagine working for this fucking, like, this fucking sociopathic narcissist that's, like, constantly reminding you that they're in charge? Like, oh, my God, it must be horrible, you know? And I'm assuming it's the same type of person that's, like, you know, like when they had the Women's March and they had all these different protests and you have these people that, like, you know, like when Wonder Woman came out. Okay, I know this round's going all over the place, but when Wonder Woman came out, you had people like, oh my God, this is the first time a woman has been like badass in movies. It's the first time women have actually been represented when fucking Wonder Woman came out. And it's like, what what are you talking about? There's been, like, plenty of badass women. Like, what do you... You act like Charlize Theron doesn't exist? You act like all these badass women in history don't fucking exist? And you're just sitting here like... This is, like... You think that this is the first time a woman's been in charge? The first time a woman's been in a major role in a movie? Uh, it's, it's so insane and, like, mind-numbingly dumb and shallow and, like... It's, it's just retarded, right? It's just retarded, this idea that, you know, women are just now getting rights. It's like, uh, you've had rights for a while. You, you know, you, you, we've literally, you know, you, you're doing pretty good in society right now. So why, why are you acting like Wonder Woman was the first representation of a powerful woman on screen? It's like, 
there's always been, you know, like Dolly Parton. There's been all these characters over the years that have done great things in the media and in politics and every, all over the sun. And you're just completely ignoring that to focus on Ga- uh, Gal Gadot, who's probably an Israeli spy. Fucking, and, you know, of course she made that, Gal Gadot made that famous uh, video where they're like, during COVID, they're going to sing, what was it, Imagine by John? We're going to sing Imagine by John Lennon and it's going to make everything better. All these people that lost their jobs and are locked up in their houses, they just need to hear Gal Gadot fucking sing Imagine. That's all they need. What a fucking narcissistic cunt. I'm telling you. Well, anyway, this is Biscuits Buttered with Victoria Vandenberg. And uh, if you're a woman, um, you know, like, my boss is a woman. Literally, almost every boss I've ever had has been a woman. And I'm constantly being told that, like, Oh my God, we've got it so horrible. We've got it so fucking horrible. I'm a woman too, by the way. And a man. I'm, I'm fluid. Okay, so... You know, we're always being told, like, Oh my God, men are paid more than women. All this... Just fucking just... Just nonsense. And, uh... And women are just, you know, they're just second-class citizens and all this. I'm not joking. Almost every boss I've ever had has been a woman. Almost every supervisor I've ever had has been a woman. So I just... It doesn't exist in my world what they're talking about. Uh, There's plenty of badass women that have got ahead in life and have uh, been successful and been represented in the media. So stop trying to gaslight me into thinking that, you know, that there's this... Uh, patriarchy that's just like subjugating all the women you know it's, it's, it's so ridiculous it's so fucking ridiculous and uh, I will not have any of it I will not hear your bullshit about how you're, you're, you're vi- like there's this victimhood culture in this country I just want to get into this there's a victimhood country culture in this country and maybe someone can articulate it better than me But I've just noticed there's a lot of people like, you know, there's a lot of women who have this victimhood mentality that they're victims. Even when they're in higher up positions than you, you know, like I I used to have a boss who was a woman, obviously, and um, she, uh, she thought it was perfectly acceptable for me to be working 70 hours a week because I was a single man. And she would literally come in uh, late every day. She'd come in around 10, 11 in the morning. She would leave around 2 to pick up her kids and not come back. I mean, so she was literally working maybe like 3 or 4 hours a day. When I was out from like, I'd wake up 6 in the morning and I'd be out till 10 o'clock at night. I mean, it was so horrible. It's a horrible situation. And she would like bitch me out all the time. Well, there's no reason why you can't work on this day and that day because, you know, you're, you don't have a family and all this stuff. I got kids to take care of. And it's like, what does any of this have to do with my job? Like, I shouldn't be having the fact that I'm childless held against me. It's like, and I, you know, I wanted to throw it in her face. Like, you know, you're kind of privileged, but it, it, it wouldn't go over well telling a, a, a black woman that she's privileged. Uh, but she was. She was. You know, literally, like, what other job is going to allow you to come in here and work a couple hours a day and talk down to people and overwork people and just use your kids as an excuse every time you get the goddamn chance? You know, and I'm sorry. It's just not, you know, we, we get these narratives in society about victimhood. Oh, I'm, I'm a victim because I'm black. I'm a victim because I'm a woman. I'm a victim because I'm gay. I'm a victim because I'm this. I'm a victim because I'm that. And it's just, it's so fucking, like, you're holding, you're basically chaining and shackling yourself down and holding yourself back in your life. If you're thinking these things, if you think that your life is going to be limited and you're using that as an excuse uh, to hold yourself back because, oh, they're not going to hire me for this job because I'm black. They're not going to do this because I'm a woman. They're not going to do this because I'm gay. They're not... No, you need to ignore all that bullshit. Ignore all those negative 
uh, streams of conscious and narrative that are going on out there. These uh, victimhood mentalities that there's just, you know, like that, um, uh, what's his name? Is Coates, like Tbilisi Coates or Tani? I don't know what his name is, but he's literally this retarded black guy. And he's constantly writing books about how much of a victim everyone is. And it's like, uh, hold on, you, you, you fucking grew up. You went to an Ivy League school. You're now being paid to write these, like, really uh, short, like, you know, he, he writes these books and asterisks by book because they're all, like, you know, 80 pages and they'll, like, put, you know, they'll basically space it out, you know, and he'll be like, oh, I wrote a tome on racism and everybody will be like, oh, yes, I read your tome on racism. I'm a victim, too. And it's just, it's so ridiculous. We need reparations. And it's like, no, you don't need reparations. We need all, there, there's lots of things we need to do nowadays. And there's so many things, you know, it's just like the student loan thing. Yes, I think you should um, cancel the debt. But does it solve the problem? No, it doesn't. It doesn't solve the problem. And, you know, it's just like a lot of these solutions that they come up with, like affirmative action, it causes resentment. It causes a lot of problems with other colleagues. Uh, I just heard about a Starbucks employee, be, you know, that won a settlement because they were pretty much asked to step aside so they could hire a black person, you know, uh, for representation. And it's it's just all these weird narratives about victimhood and in, in inequality and all this stuff. And, and there is inequality. I, I'm not... I'm not trying to say there isn't inequality in the world. There isn't uh, a lot of bad things going on in the world right now. There obviously is. There's a lot of wealth inequality. I'm just saying that when you talk about these things, it needs to be universal. It needs to be across the board. It needs to be, you need to be talking to everybody, not just like little targeted like identity groups. Don't get me off on identity politics. You know, like... It's just like with a student loan thing. Like, oh, we're going to forgive the debt. And it's like, well, what fucking caused the debt? It caused The debt was caused by the student loan system and the colleges. And the colleges are always like constantly uh, ramping up tuition. And it's like a nuclear arm race where, you know, you'll have the uh, student loan companies like saying, okay, we'll cover that, you know, and like, the, the colleges will use any excuse they can to, like, keep turning up the price, turning up this, tur- you know. And it, it's a horrible situation. So you got to have something where the government comes in and says, okay, we're going to figure out why these costs are skyrocketing and get out of control, and we're going to try to fix that. But no, you don't have that. You don't have that. You have these little patches. You have these little Band-Aids they try to put on everything. You know, it's just like when you talk about affirmative action and... Um, uh, welfare, anything like that. I, I think you need to look at it from a universal perspective and look at it like, hey, how can we set policy that's going to affect everyone equally and make sure everyone gets um, a fair shake, pretty much. Um, and I think that uh, affirmative action is done, this is just my opinion, and y'all can call me racist all you want. Uh, I think that affirmative action is done a great disservice to the african-american community because now you have a lot of racist white people uh and and racist every race that that go around pointing and going well they got their job because of affirmative action they got their job because of affirmative action and so you're undercutting these people it's just like i remember uh when they were going to put sotomayor on the court and I remember Chris Matthews saying, oh, you know, she probably struggled in school and it's probably like an affirmative action. You know, like people saying this very intelligent person who went to law school and did all these great things, all of her accomplishments and everything she, you know, was just, they just said, oh, affirmative action. And so that's the reason it's corrosive and it, it kind of devalues and dehumanizes people. And I just don't think it's a good thing for society to have that. Um, obviously I think we should be, you know, trying to, um, 
hire in, you know, make sure that, you know, we have a good balance, but I don't think affirmative action is the right way to do it. How did I get off on that? I don't, I don't know. I don't really know how I got off on that, but I'm tired of the victimhood. I'm tired of all the stupid, retarded protests. I'm tired of uh, just people like virtue signaling the different, like, I did, you know, identity politics is a horrible, horrible thing. These little groups, I'm a woman, mom and power, and, you know, you'll have people, you know, doing black power, and, you know, like, it's just like the DNC convention. Last time they had a Democratic National Convention, they didn't talk about wages, they didn't talk about workers' rights, they didn't talk about, it. the main focus was like, hey, we gotta target black people, we gotta target gay people, we gotta target women, we gotta you know, talk to these specific groups and, you know, then you have Kamala Harris coming out, I'm an Indian, I'm an African, I'm this, I'm that. Oh, I'm so, and she's a horrible person. She's a dumb, horrible person. She's a horrible politician. And we got her through this identity politics bullshit. So I wish people would stop, just stop it with the fucking bullshit. You know, just like Tim Heidegger says, no more bullshit, okay? We don't need any more cocksucking idiots that vote just because someone's a certain color. It's so ridiculous. And that's why the Democratic Party is kind of losing working class people is because instead of just coming out and saying, hey, we want to raise wages, we want to lower health care costs, we want to do something about housing, we want to do all the you know these bread and butter issues that everybody cares about. The only people against raising the minimum wage and and and, uh, and uh, doing anything on healthcare, the only people that are against stuff like that are business owners and rich people. Okay, so that's one thing you got to remember. We need solidarity with everybody, and I think a lot of the identity politics is corrosive because when you watch the DNC or you watch a Democratic politician who's like specifically like talking to the gay community or talking to the black community or talking to the Latino community, you have some poor white guy that's sitting there, why didn't they mention me? You have some poor white truck driver. Hi, she talked she talked to the gays. She talked to the blacks. She talked to the women. She didn't mention me in my truck. Sitting out here in West Virginia, not a tooth in my goddamn head. Why didn't she mention me? And that's the type of shit that happens, right? It becomes extremely divisive. And then you have someone, um, you have someone in West Virginia, a truck driver in West Virginia, that goes, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and vote for Trump because Trump likes truck drivers." And you know, it's like a horrible cycle. Um, hold on, let, let me try to answer this. Oh, Lord, it's a fucking telemarketer again. I swear, I get so many goddamn telemarketer calls every day. And I noticed they've got this technology on my phone where it won't pick up when I'm recording the podcast. I wish I could record these phone calls for y'all because they're, it's always like, do you have Medicare? I'm like, fuck you and your fucking bullshit. I've asked them so many times to stop calling. They won't stop calling. And uh, my, my everyday is just, do you have Medicare A and B? And I'm like, I got C all the way to Z, bitch. And, you know, then I'll talk to them, and they'll, then they'll realize I'm full of shit, and then they'll, they'll like, you're wasting my time. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm wasting your time because you're a cocksucker that has nothing better to do than call and bother me when I'm, you know, trying, I'm trying to record a high-quality, intelligent, eloquent po- podcast, which is what people expect from Victoria Vandenberg. That's all you get here. You get well-versed, articulate uh, takes on everything going on in the world. <laughs> I'm basically like if Christopher Hitchens had a vagina and was a truck driver and and had a 1994 Mitsubishi Mirage and loved a good cigarette and a good shot of tequila, uh, which uh, I believe he drank um, 
black label. Maker's Mark black label. I believe. Something like that. Or is it Maker's? No, it's not Maker's Mark. It's, uh, who makes black label? I don't know. Fuck. But, uh, you know, it just is what it is. Uh, so, I did want to talk about, uh, I found a new podcast I've been listening to called Concrete. And if you really want to get into the weeds on some conspiracy theories, uh, this this uh, Concrete podcast is fucking bananas. Like, they have people on there talking about, like, I don't know, like, some kind of direct energy weapons where they can, like, send signals to your brain and just, they talk about UFOs and just all kinds of crazy shit that is just insanity. And, you know, people claiming, like, yeah, this is happening to me and this is, you know, and he'll interview them and, like, yeah, they can put, you know, basically they're um, attacking me with electromagnetic waves and they're putting voices in my head and all this, but I know it's not, you know, schizophrenia because I wasn't diagnosed with schizophrenia when I was younger and this started happening when I was older and it's just, like, all this weird shit and he's got, like, doctors and psychologists to say, hey, you know, he's he's not crazy, like, something's going on, we found brain damage with him. And, uh, so something's, like, attacking him. And I'm just like, fuck, that's so weird and creepy. And, um, what if that was real? What, what, what if that is, like, an actual thing that you can attack someone, uh, without even having to touch them? You just send, like, a wave to beam at them. And apparently there's a lot of, um, uh, now there's a, apparently an FBI agent that's claiming he got it. There's a doctor that when he started treating the, the people, the, like the CI agents that were getting it, uh, started getting it. And it's like, what the fuck? Like who is targeting these people with these weird waves of energy? Uh, I don't know, but it's just something to think about. And, you know, then they also have, um, the, um, you know, people on there about UFOs and all this stuff. I don't know what to think about all the new stuff coming out, uh, on the uh, David Grush UFO story. I think it might be a PSYOP. I think the uh, military-industrial complex might be trying to make us think that there's uh, a UFO problem. That way they can spend more money and on contracts for like Lockheed Martin and people like that. So That's my take on it. That's Victoria Vonnenberg's take on what's going on. Because when you get into David Grush's story... Which I'm fascinated by David Grush. Because I think he believes all these things that he's saying, right? And I think that he's, obviously, he claims to have documents that he's turned in that are classified that show that these programs are real. But then when he gets into, like, insinuating that there's just agreements between aliens, there's, like, um... I think he said there's agreements between aliens there we've got ships we've actually got alien bodies we've got i mean i don't even know what to say about that that's like the most insane stories i've ever heard that they might be interdimensional they might not even be aliens uh or extraterrestrial they might just be from another dimension and when he starts talking about stuff like that i'm like that is insanity and i cannot even believe that and um i don't even know what I don't even know what to say about that. You know, like, that's just... The only thing that makes me think is, like, okay, there are a whole lot of people, like, um, you know, you had Harry Reid, who is the former Speaker of the House. Then you have all these, like, Panetta, all these government... Not Panetta, but um, Podesta. And all these different government officials that are like, hey, something's here. There's a lot, whole lot of government people that seem to believe this shit. All the way from Bill and Hillary Clinton to, you know, everybody in their circles. And it's like, okay, well, maybe there's something there. But I don't necessarily believe what this David Grush is saying. I think that there's something there. That there might be, like, materials. There might be a probe of some sort. There might be something that they gathered that's weird. That they're studying. But uh, it's just so hard for me to accept that some of the things David Grusher is saying. Um, and, of course, today I noticed that 
CNN is reporting on that Las Vegas hoax, that Las Vegas UFO hoax. And I just, I'm like, that is convenient timing. Like, you, you've been completely ignoring, you've been completely ignoring the David Grush story. And now all of a sudden you're reporting on this obvious hoax in Las Vegas. And uh, I, just, I just find that very, you know, what, the past couple of years I've went through a, a completely different thinking uh, on the news and everything going on. And I just, I look at CNN is just like this kind of like weird, like they make weird decisions on their reporting. And a lot of times, you know, like when you look at the ratings, the ratings are horrible. It's like they don't even care about their ratings. And there's obvious things that they could do to like pump the ratings. And one of those things would be to report this David Grush fucking story. But you see, I'm not doing it. It's almost like they're, um, it's almost like they're state media. It's almost like they're working for the deep state and, you know, the government. But that's, uh, just my crazy, insane opinion on it. And, um, it's just like you see things that they do where it's like, you know, it's just like the Havana syndrome. They don't report on that. And anytime they do report on it, they're like, oh, it's bullshit. And then, you know, like with stuff, with whistleblowers with this UFO stuff, they don't report it. They'll only report the stuff that they can say is bullshit. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, like they ignore, you can, you can look at CNN in different media agencies and you're like, why are you reporting this and not this? Why are you completely, you know, they only feed us what they want to feed us to distract us from the stuff that we need to be listening to. It's basically what I'm trying to say here. All right. So just carry on with me. All right. Um, I was, uh, on the road earlier today and I, I guess I've, I don't know why I write down funny things I see while I'm on the road and I will be reporting all this stuff to you that, I was on the road and I got behind a car and I was, you know, just reading the, reading a bumper sticker on the back and there was an epilepsy awareness bumper sticker on a Hyundai uh, and, you know, I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like, epilepsy awareness. Interesting. I don't believe I've ever seen an epilepsy awareness tag on a car. And then I think to myself, wait, wait, does that mean the person driving has epilepsy? <laughs> it's just, you can see my retarded brain, like the wheels slowly churning. And then I'm, I was like, wow, epilepsy, am I in danger? And then I realized I'm in danger. There's a person in front of me that obviously has epilepsy. I didn't even know you... Apparently, maybe you can drive if you have epilepsy. I don't think you should be allowed to drive if you have epilepsy, but I got kind of freaked out, and I'm like, I hope they don't fucking go into a seizure and crash into me. So I got far fucking away from that car. And, uh, and, And then I got to thinking later, I'm like, does the person actually have epilepsy? Or did they put that sticker on their car to make people avoid them? Like, you know, because there's a lot of there's a lot of like bumper stickers that say, "Hey, get the fuck back, back off my ass, motherfucker." You know, you have tags like bumper stickers that say shit like that. But a more genius, a more brilliant way of doing that, a more brilliant way of telling someone to get the fuck away from the back of your car. I mean, they're playing three-dimensional chess, man. They're like, I'm going to put an epilepsy awareness fucking bumper sticker on my car. That way, when it dawns on people, they're going to be like, holy shit, I need to get off this motherfucker's ass. Because, you know, I'm kind of an aggressive driver. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. You know, I'm trying to get from point A to point B to point C, you know. And so I'm a little aggressive sometimes. I want people to get over so I can just get down the road. And uh, that is a brilliant way of saying to someone, hey, you don't want to be on this bumper. Uh, yeah. It's fucking insane. And um, uh, I just thought that was a brilliant, brilliant thing that I wanted to share with the audience here. 
at biscuits buttered. Um, I also witnessed a wreck the other day, and I was right by. I was uh, two cars behind this guy. He was in a brand new. I mean, just a brand new baby blue Dodge Ram. I mean, if I could have a truck, if I could have, this truck was so goddamn nice. And you could tell he had rolled it off the lot pretty, you know, it had to have been like 2023 cause it was like perfect, you know, and I, I'm, I love trucks. I love SUVs. And, and so he, this mother, this old man slams into this uh, Lexus with these three girls in it. It completely like crushes like the front, this brand new Dodge Ram. I mean, it was so pretty. And, you know, I'm in my truck, so I, I'm like, I don't got time for this. You know, I get in the left, or excuse me, the right lane, and I go around. And I decide, you know, to look over as I'm passing him. And you can tell, it's like this 60-year-old man, this morbidly obese 60-year-old man, and he's just drunk as shit. And I see him. I see him like, you know, he's like me. He's like, you know, the the wheels are slowly churning in his brain. And he's just thinking to himself, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> you know, because he was so obviously drunk. I'm fucked, you know. And he's like, you know, I, I see him burp. You know, and you can just tell he's obviously drunk. And he just fucking pulls a pack of cigarettes out. Puts his, I mean, he's still on the road. He's still on the goddamn road. I don't even know if he's put it in park yet. I mean, it's that bad. And he ha he didn't pull over to the side of the road or anything. He's just like on the road. And he's like, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I just fucked up. I'm about to be hauled off to jail for a DUI. He pulls a fucking Marlboro Red out. Sticks it in his mouth. Lights it up. Doesn't even get out of the car to start talking to the people he hit. He just sits there smoking in his truck in the fucking left lane parked. And uh, I was just like, well, you know, I guess if I was in his situation where you're like, okay, the cops are going to be here in like a couple of minutes. I'm drunk as shit. I just wrecked. I'm definitely going to jail. What do I do with these next couple of minutes? What do I do with the next couple of minutes, you know, before the police get here? Might as well smoke one. Might as well smoke a delicious Marlboro Red before you get hauled off to jail. Get your nicotine fix before you have to, like, spend uh, spend the night in the fucking drunk tank to dry, to dry out, you know. And I think that was his thinking. And uh, I hate it, man. Don't don't drink and drive. That, that's the message of the day. Don't drink and... That is the advice of the day. Don't drink and drive because, uh, uh, you know, a lot... A lot of bad, you know, I've, I've drank and drove a lot in my life. And um, uh, I did get a DUI once, but I got it uh, expunged eventually. And um, and it really fucks up your life getting a DUI. I got one when I was really young. And it, it fucks up your life, man. It fucks up your ability to, you know, get jobs and to, you know, drive and have a clean driving record. And, you know, now that I'm uh, a truck driver... I really have to um, watch out, you know, like I can't speed, I can't, you know, I can't do drugs as much as I would. I wish I had a job. I have a friend that's uh, works with computers and makes a shit ton of money doing it. And most of his job he can do from his house. And he just sits around smoking pot and drinking all day. And I'm like, shit, you got the life, motherfucker. Never even has to leave the house. But yeah, this guy's pretty fucked. And that's, that's my advice of the day is uh, don't drink and drive. You know, go spend the extra money, get you an Uber. Uh, don't don't do stupid shit. You know, there's so many people I see all the time that just do stupid shit, like drinking and driving. Like, I used to know this girl, and uh, she was. I, I think she had some mental problems, and I think she was using weed and meth and different things to like kind of like self medicate. And she would just like every other month she'd go to jail. Every other goddamn month this bitch would be in jail and I just I was just like honey you know you need to start like you know once you get like you know making a couple of mistakes that's what's life you know life is about making mistakes you're gonna make tons
tons of mistakes in life. But, you know, you eventually got to course correct, right? You know, you eventually got to get your shit together and realize, like, hey, you know, I don't need to be drinking and driving. I don't need to be, you know, smoking pot and carrying it on me, especially in states like this. You know, if you were in a state that was more, you know, accepting of and didn't haul you into jail about, you know, that's another thing. But, you know, just stop making stupid decisions that are fucking up your life. Like, you're, you're you know, like... It's one of these things where you're just constantly making your life worse instead of better, and you don't even realize it because you're not even thinking about it, you know, of how to make your life better. And I see so many people doing it on a day-to-day basis. I see so many young people that, you know, can't... All they want to do is just smoke pot and get fucked up. And, you know, I've seen so many young people dying in this country. Um, dying way too young, you know, dying 30, 40, you know. I've had a, a ton, you know, uh that are even my age that have, have passed because they just, you know, I call it small town disease. They'll, um, they'll, you know, there's no jobs. There's no, there's no real way to get out of your small shitty town. So it's like, what do you, what do you do with your spare time? You know, you just, you go hang out with your friends and, and get fucked up, you know, and, and that becomes your priority. Instead of, you know, getting a job and moving up in the world, you, you you just do drugs and have fun and you know that's about all you have in the world you know and and that's why i always say that i feel like the democratic party you know the republican party isn't going to do shit for you and the democratic party isn't going to do shit for you but they'll at least talk like they're going to do shit for you and that's the reason i i get mad at the democratic party is cuz i'm like you know there's all these regions of the country where there's not any opportunity and we have all these young people just dying of fentanyl and drugs and it's just it's not a good situation so uh, how did I, how did I get, get onto that? I, I don't know how I got to this rant that I'm on now. Um, and I guess I'll talk about this asshole next and maybe I can see the reason I didn't, um, release an episode last week and I ended up doing it, what, on Tuesday or Wednesday, um, is because I kept mentioning certain things that I, I, you know, I like the podcast to be anonymous, and for some reason I couldn't get it edited out, and so I was like, oh, I'm just gonna have to re-record the damn um, podcast altogether. So there is a story of a person that I think is related to all the stuff that I've currently been talking about, um, and should be a lesson in life uh, that I think we can glean knowledge. You can glean a lot of knowledge in life from looking at the mistakes that other people have made and just not doing the stupid shit that other people do. So, there was a man in my town. My small town that I'm from. And this man went to college. Then out of college went to um then out of college, went to law school, came back to a small town, and became a lawyer, then became the DA. Well, this man had um, a horrible downfall. You know, like, you know, that, that's a success story, in my opinion. You know, you go, you become the DA of your town, but he just nothing was ever enough for him you know he's one of these people that nothing's ever enough and he can never keep his hand out of the cookie jar you know he 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 didn't have enough money didn't have you know it's like you're living a great life you know like he's he's wealthy he's living a great life he's the da of his town and he just couldn't help himself because nothing's ever enough because i think he might be like a sociopath a little bit so this guy, he moves back to his town, and you know he goes around. He's goes to the Baptist church downtown, and he, um, you know, he's always like telling people how big a Christian he is. You know these type. You know, there's a certain type in small town Alabama. There's people that are always. Vir- it's like a conservative virtue signal. They're they're always like, oh, I'm a Christian, and I don't do drugs, I don't drink, I don't gamble, I don't do any of that. And then, like, the moment no one's looking, they're, like, you know, 
fucking behind the pews in church and doing meth and going out and aborting babies and, you know, doing all this stuff. There's a lot of that in the South that you have to deal with when you live in the small town South. There's a lot of people that they have their public face and then they have all the shit they do behind the scenes, you know. Um, so, you know, you'll have people that be like, abortion's wrong. And then, you know, it's like, well, how many abortions have you had? Well, I've had about five, but it's wrong. And I would never do it again until, you know, I get pregnant again. You know, that's the type of people you run into in the South. They're complete hypocrites. They're complete pieces of shit. Uh, you know, everyone talks about Southern hospitality. Southern hospitality is, um, it's very like, it's a shallow type of hospitality. It's like they're outwardly very nice to you, but they're actually assholes. You know, like most people are assholes down there. It's like you go to Northeast, they're just straight up assholes to you. They're just straight up fucking assholes to you in the Northeast. Uh, but then down here, everyone's like, well, please and thank you and ma'am and sir and open the door for you. And it's all this weird stuff that we've been trained to do since we were kids. But then, like, the moment they find out you're gay, they'll be like, he's a faggot, pedophile, and all, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, they'll spread dirty rumors about you and um, just all kinds of stuff like that that happens in the town. You'll have people that are like, well, she's a good Christian girl. And I'm like, no, she, she's she's not a good person. She's a horrible person. Like, I, I know for a fact, you know, that this person's a piece of shit and been arrested for meth several times, had babies taken away from her. and uh, But she goes to church every Sunday and Wednesday. Are you saying she's not a good Christian? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe having three kids taken away from you and getting arrested for meth every other week, maybe that makes you a shitty person. And on top of that, she spreads malicious rumors about people. Um, but, you know, there's just a lot of people like this in the South that they they say one thing and then they do another. It's kind of like Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, she's always espousing all these values and ethics, and you know she doesn't live her life. But she, she's a fucking hussy, a hussy hoe. Well, anyway, there's this guy. I hope I hadn't said his name. I don't want to get sued on here. From the town I'm from. And he becomes the DA. Well, when he becomes the DA, in our town, and we, we had this little town, I don't know, everybody, like if you talk to someone who's over 70 years old that was alive during like the 50s, um, they all tell you about how amazing the town was in the 50s, you know, and now it's kind of like crumbled and fallen apart and is like a hellscape. Um, but this... This town had a thing called a strip. Have you ever seen American Graffiti? It had a strip. Okay? And people on uh, on Friday nights, you would go and you would, you know, you'd put on your fine... You, first, you'd wash your car, clean your car up, get your wheels all shiny and nice. You know, and then you would go and put on your nicest... You know, go take a shower, get a haircut, put put on your nicest duds. And then you'd fucking hop in your car. You'd, get, you'd go to the store, get you some party liquor. And at the time, this was actually a dry town, so we would have to drive to another town to get our liquor and then bring it back into town. So it actually caused more drinking and driving, uh, the, the dry laws. Well, anyway, you know, you come back to town, and you'd ride the strip, and you'd hang out with your friends. You'd meet women, men, you know. You'd go do drugs. You'd hang out. You just... It, it was a party, man. You'd turn up your music and blast it you know you, there was all this stuff that you would just do and it was so fun friday saturday nights just riding the strip just hanging out with friends just having a blast it was fun well then this cock-sucking hypocrite shows up to town becomes the da and just has police come down here and harass people and shuts shut completely shuts down the strip but he's also using this like this da puts lights on his car let me take a swig of my drink. This DA puts lights on his car. And he starts pulling over teenagers. Teenage boys. Uh, me included. And so, I one day, I you know, he tries to pull me over. And I don't stop from, for him. And he sends a cop to pull me over. Well, cop pulls me over. And I said, he's like, why didn't you stop? I said, well, I stopped for you because you're a police officer, but that other car wasn't a police officer. And, you know, he, he couldn't say nothing to me. He couldn't argue. He's like, yeah, that person's not, you know, 
authorized to be pulling people over. He's the fucking DA, not a cop. And so, uh, you know, they let me go. Well, anyway, like a year later, this guy gets arrested because um, gets indicted on raping, like, teenagers. So, basically, he was using his job as the DA to pull over teenage boys and pat them down and, like, you know, grope them and just, like, you know, completely uh, just kind of... He didn't rape them, but he sexually assaulted them and groped them, basically, is what they were saying. So he gets in trouble for that. But then when they're doing this investigation, they find out that he's also taking bribes to get... Like, if someone does something stupid like drinking and driving, you know, like, if, if the family's rich, they can give him, like, a house a house somewhere close, you know, and he'll be like, yeah, I'll take that house for, you know, uh, not putting your kid in jail. And that's what he did. He took all these bribes. So he ends up in prison. And then he uh, gets out of prison and he comes back to town and he starts a newspaper. Literally starts a newspaper from scratch. And it's actually a successful like local newspaper. Lots of advertisements in it and everything else. And uh, and he and he basically he'll he ended up harassing someone I know uh, by printing false stories about. Uh, someone I know and he doesn't do any kind of like actually you know there's no journalistic ethics is what I'm trying to say and this guy has no ethics whatsoever and he's a huge hypocrite you know he comes back to town and he gets this really morbidly obese fat, fat wife and he's like oh, see I'm not a pedophile I've got a big fat wife that I take care of and I fuck her I fuck this big fat wife it's like no you don't it's like I see you out shopping for flowers with her you faggot well, anyway, and I mean that not, I mean that in a uh, derogatory way. That's how I mean it. <laughs> I'm a faggot calling another person a faggot. Okay, so you you have this fucking asshole who comes back to town. He tries, he's literally on the sex offender registry, and somehow he still has money. And we're all wondering, like, how does this guy still have money? He's got, like, this huge house in town. He's got, like, a brand new, like, Mercedes SUVs riding around in. He's always decked out in, like, Ralph Lauren, you know, which is like, you know, what are you, you're going to pay, like, over $100 for a shirt from Ralph Lauren. And I'm like, how does this guy still have money? And it turns out he has his little... So, the other day, this motherfucker ends up getting arrested for shoplifting in Walmart. He ends up getting arrested for shoplifting in Walmart. So, he literally gets taken in. And everyone's like, and you know, back in the day when he got in trouble, everyone in town was like, oh no, it's just political. They were trying to take him down because they knew he was running, going to run for higher office. So they decided they had to get rid of him, take him out. And I'm just like, no, he's he's a pedophile. He he fucking harassed a lot of kids, including myself. And um, so they did all this, and, and then finally, after, you know, there's only so many times you can get in trouble before people finally go, okay, this guy is actually like a piece, huge piece of shit. This guy's a huge piece of shit. So they went and they. Um, arrested him and now I don't know what he's going to do I don't know whether he's going to continue printing his little newspaper if he's going to stay in town because I mean it's like there's only so many strikes you can get before like people go man you, you need to go right like how many times can you get in trouble and still show your face in this shitty little town um, and that's the another uh, piece of advice for the day is don't like you know when you when you have some success in life uh, don't like keep like don't guide your life morally and ethically and don't um, don't just um, I don't know like don't just continue on and continue on and push and push and push and like you know once you've got a law degree and you've got a nice job and you're making good money uh 
don't like do unethical shit to get ahead in life. You know, it's like you've gotten ahead in life. Appreciate what you've got, man. Appreciate what you've got. But this guy, nothing was ever enough. And it's like if he would have like said, hey, you know, uh, you know, uh, like this is the thing about this. he's a complete hypocrite. And it's like you see someone who had it all, but then he let it go. He had it all and he let it go because he just couldn't help himself. He had to keep reaching into the cookie jar. It's like, come on, man. Appreciate where you've gotten to. Appreciate your success. And, and you know, try to be respectful and ethical in your life. And But he couldn't do that. He, he just, nothing was ever enough. And he just wanted to get rich quick. And that's, that's what led to his downfall. And... Uh, I guess that's how he was still making money. I guess he was going and stealing and reselling. And I don't know. I mean, I have no clue what's going on with this guy, but I just find it fascinating that someone, any time in life when I feel like a fuck up, I'm like, well, at least I'm not that guy. At least I'm not the guy that fucking got as far as becoming a DA, but then could not help himself and just kept getting in trouble until now he's just, you know, a sex offender that's probably going to lose everything and end up back in jail because he's a fucking thief. Um, which is just very sad. Just very sad indeed. Okay, what all do I want to talk about today? Um, there was a lot I wanted to get to, but uh, I'm actually about to have to go pick something up. Um, I'm going to save some of these other topics, I guess, for another podcast. I want to thank you for joining me today on the Biscuits Buttered Podcast with Victoria Vonnenberg. Hit us up on Twitter at BiscuitButtPod and hit us up on Facebook at Biscuits Buttered Profile. Um, I love you all. I hope you have a good weekend. It's uh, Juneteenth on Monday and it's uh, Father's Day. So uh, uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers listening to this uh, podcast. And um, just uh, be grateful for what you got. That's the advice of the week. Be grateful for what you got. Don't fuck up your life like this piece of shit from my hometown. Um, I do have a little bit of news. Uh, I think I'm moving. Uh, It's not official yet, but um, I did. uh, Someone requested my information from my work, and it looks like I'm going to be moving to South South Alabama, uh, which is a hellhole. But I will do it for more money and cheaper cost of living. So it uh, looks like I will be moving to South Alabama uh, to drive a truck for a federal agency. Um, and uh, this is what you got to do. You know, everyone... And here, here's another thing I, I want to talk about before I leave. Is So I make this big decision that I'm going to transfer. Because the city I'm currently working in is super expensive. I can't afford a house. Uh, I don't make as good a pay as I could make because I'm kind of doing a job that uh, is under my actual credentials. So I could be making more doing something else in another city. So I just decided, I was like, I need to value myself. And I need to, even though it's scary and even though it it, it takes a lot of work and even though it's, um, uh, you know, it's a hassle... I'm going to make a decision to rise above it all and move to a completely different city to make more money and have have a better cost of living and to improve the material well-being of my life. I'm going to cuz a lot of people don't do this. You know, a lot of people are just like they get their job and they're just like, "Well, I'm just going to stay put cuz this is where I'm at now. I'd have to do I'd have to do a bunch of work to get, you know, get a higher paying job and to get ahead in life. And I'm just going to be this fucking loser sitting here at this place that I don't even like and am miserable in because that's where I'm at now. You know, don't do that. Don't be that person. I I know somebody that comes up to me once a month. Oh, man, I want to make a switch and do what you do. And I'm like, well, you know, they're hiring right now for what I do. Every every time he comes up and talks to me, he's... I'm like, they're hiring for what I do right now. Why don't you apply? And he's like, oh, don't got a CDL. And I'm like, yeah, but you've been talking to me about this for a year and a half. Every month you come up, I want to switch to do what you do. I want, I want to do that. I'm like, it doesn't take long to get a CDL, man. 
Like, go get a fucking CDL. You know, you could have one in a month, probably. You know, like, there's different levels of CDL. I don't think people understand, like, there's Class B CDL, there's Class A CDL, then you have all the endorsements where you can do hazmat and stuff like that. And I tell people, like, you know, get your go get your CDL, and then after you get your CDL, go through there and get all your endorsements on your CDL. Because, you know, when you first start trucking, you're not going to get paid good. You're going to work for a shitty company, and you're just going to have to jump from company to company until you get a better job. And then even on top of that, you know, you know, when you start out, you'll be hauling, you know, stupid stuff like books or beer, you know, stuff that's not too important. But, you know, as you develop experience and, you, you know, you keep your safety record good, keep all your endorsements, you know, maybe you can move up to higher paying jobs like moving hazardous materials, hazmat, stuff like that, moving chemicals, um, moving high priority merchandise. You know, there, there's uh, companies that hire Holland Glass that pay a shitload of money because they know they got to have a good driver because they don't want to break the glass, right? So, and that that's what I've done and that's what people I know have done. They just kind of jump from place to place to place and anytime someone says they're hiring and paying more, they jump, Okay. And that's what you got to do in life. And that's what this loser needs to do that, that keeps asking me about, oh, I'd like to do what you do. It's like, well, fucking do it, man. Take out a loan. Go get your CDL. You'll be able to pay it back. There's even trucking companies that'll that'll fucking, like, pay for your CDL, but you'll be indentured to them for a little while. But, you know, you just got to make that jump. And that I see so many people that just won't make that jump, make that decision, push themselves believe in themselves and that's what you got to do and that's what i'm doing with this move and i want to get back to my original point on this is so i found out this week that a facility in um, south alabama was requesting my information my supervisor sent the information to the people uh in south alabama and you know i went ahead and i told uh some family members like hey I'm I'm going to do this if they if they actually offer me the opportunity, which I believe they're going to pretty soon, possibly even today. Uh, I'm going to accept it and I'm going to move down there because it's, it's it's much better than where I'm currently at. You know where I'm driving an hour, an hour and a half into work every day, and because uh, I can't afford a house in the area. Um, so. As soon as I told them that, they're like, well, you know, when you move to the other place, when you're paying into your house payment, that's just going to offset the raise. And I'm like, yeah, but I but I would be paying into something I own, you fucking dumbass. And I wouldn't be driving an hour and a half every day. Like, th- this is a win-win situation here. Like, what are you fucking talking about? But you get all of this criticism from people, people that you love. These are your family members. You know, and I guess it's partly because they don't want you to leave or whatever, but they, they, you know, they send all this negativity your way that's going to stop you from making a decision that's good for your life. And they don't even realize they're doing it. Okay, that's another thing. They don't even realize they're doing it. And they might be subconsciously doing it without even thinking about it and not even realizing it. And, you know, they might be subconsciously like, well, I don't want them to leave, so I'm going to say a bunch of negative shit about why they shouldn't, you know. And so pretty much everyone I've said is like, no, don't do that. You know, you're going to move to that shithole in South Alabama. And it's like, well, it's going to, I'm going to be making more money. Like, what are you talking about? And this is kind of a shithole up here. (laughs) So don't let, you've really got to like, don't let people's negative influence influence you. Make the jump. And uh, I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about today, but I'm not going to get to it. So that's what I will leave you with today is uh, I might be moving to South Alabama. I'm going to miss the mountains and the beauty of North Alabama. But uh, because, you know, South Alabama, the landscape is kind of boring. It's just like flat and drab. And anyway, um, but I'm going to do it if they offer it. So 
maybe I'll be a South Alabama and I'll, I'll get that different accent. You know, right now I've got like the hillbilly redneck accent. And maybe when I go down there, I'll get that weird like Delta accent. So, uh, I hope y'all have a good week. Happy Father's Day. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy uh, Juneteenth. Uh, happy uh, whatever you're celebrating. I love you all. Have a good week. Uh, go out and, you know, th this weekend, go out party. Get laid. Get you some party liquor. Get you a lot lizard. Have some fun. All right. <laughs>